Well, it is, as they say back here in Sweden, it is the, the night before the night before the night before Christmas. What? Yeah, that's See, what they say. They count it that way. It's the night before the night before, I'm guessing the night before Christmas, three days before Christmas Day. Otherwise known as the 22nd of December. Exactly. You could do that. Actually, in Sweden, they say it's the day before the day before the day before Dipping Day. Dipping Day, that's on, that's on what they call Boxing Day in some places. But here in Ireland, it's called St. Stephen's Day because we're, huh. still, we're still in thrall to our Catholic overlords. Yes, as yeah. you should be. Apparently so. That's the way. I am I'm Catholic, so... I'm in complete agreement with that. Yeah, we're uh, we're very we're very uh, whatever they want us to do. We're, we're <laughs> basically still. <laughs> it was funny. I went I went shopping last night, um, Christmas shopping. Not for not for presents or anything because we I got those ages ago because I was like, there's a good chance that we'll, someone I'll know will get COVID at some point. So um, I was like. Let's let's just do it for another, and that happened. So like, yeah. I had to quarantine in December for a couple of weeks. I didn't get it myself, uh, which was which was nice. But uh, and everyone's okay now. Um, but we went food shopping for for the week, and a couple of our supermarkets are doing twenty four hour opening. So we were like, well, we'll wait for the the uh, the toddler to go to bed, and then well, my sister in law can come round and just sit downstairs in case he he but he. You know, we won't wake up, but she was just sat downstairs. So we went out to the supermarkets and we got to one of them at quarter to ten. And I forgot, being a Catholic country, that there's regulations on alcohol sales. So there's a sign saying, we're open 24 hours, but we can only serve alcohol between times of 11 o'clock in the morning and 10 o'clock at night. And it's like, oh. So we were like, get to the alcohol section first, get all the alcohol, buy it. <laughs> And then get to the car and then just go back in again. And like there was a went to the alcohol section and it was packed full yeah. of people all doing the same thing that all like arrived and were like, oh no. We well, we, to- I think our, our liquor stores close at seven. Yeah. Yeah. And we I mean because Sweden is a socialist country. But Catholic. So, no. No. no, Sweden isn't Catholic. Sweden belongs is it's a Lutheran country, but it's also a Christian country. They have their own. It's like the it's almost like the Church of England. It's kind of like a mix between Catholicism and Lutheranism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but it's a socialist country, so that means that the alcohol is controlled by the state. Oh yeah, yeah. It can only be sold in certain stores. Yeah, cannabis the same as well. Strangely. Yeah. Yeah. But but on the on the other hand, drugs are okay to be purchased in Canada. Just, just go and buy them off the street off someone. You know, that's, yeah. That's, that's way. yeah, I mean, I can see why governments would do that. It's a great way of making some money. Yeah, like, oh yeah. We'll, we'll sell the alcohol, okay? <laughs> you can have as much as you want. Just we'll, we'll, we'll buy it from us. That's, that's, that's what you have to You can drink as much as you want as long as you're buying it from us. Yeah, exactly. So, well... Okay, that that sounds like a fair trade-off. The problem is that now that we're in lockdown, the people who work at the liquor store, because the liquor store is kind of like, now it's a lot more limited. Certain stores aren't like open at all. But the government can't sack their employees. So they just move them around. They can never, they can never sack them. That's great. 
that is fantastic. Like you could um, you could abuse that so much. <laughs> You'd have to do something really bad to get sacked by them, then, wouldn't you? Yeah, um, that's fantastic. So they can't they can't lay them off. No, they can't lay them off. They can't they can't uh, put them on like sabbatical and say like, well, you'll still get paid sixty percent or eighty percent. Um, as long as the store is like closed and once it opens, you you get to come back. They just move oh. them because because otherwise that's the tax. Because like my wife is like that because she works in the hotel industry. She only works sixty percent. Yeah, but she gets like the rest is paid for by the state, but yeah, the yeah. state can't pay their own employees. Right. So um, people that work in your liquor stores are technically public servants. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> so they get to go like to wine tastings and, and stuff like that. Wow, that's great, isn't it? To the state, yeah. They're heroes of the, of the realm. They are, they are. Speaking of heroes of the realm, we're here to talk Wheel of Time. Yes, we're not here to talk about liquor stores and Catholic governments or socialist governments. We're here to talk about the uh, four chapters, Faldara, more tales of the wheel, the blight, and the dark one stirs. A very ominous chapter. Yeah, yeah. Chapter name. The, we're at right at the end. We're in the last eight chapters. Uh, so we're and doing four this week because next <laughs> time we're going to do the last four, and we have Matt Hatch, the innkeeper of the Dusty Wheel, coming on as a special guest to tell us what the hell has just happened at the end of the Eye of the World mm. and, the, and other things that we're going to talk about. And if you want to hear more about socialist governments catholics and liquor that's our other podcast that's called catholic governments liquor and socialism that's literally the name of it it's, yes it's, it's a sociology podcast yeah we have two people that listen to it, but they <laughs> it. one's a catholic and one's a socialist yeah. both of them both alcoholics of them. <laughs> yeah yeah one of them, one of them's into crystal meth as well, but we won't talk about that. No, and we won't tell you who. Um, anyway, so these four chapters I found uh, went by really, really fast. Yeah, you see, I was not lying to you when I told you it sprints to the end. Like, yes, yeah. it's, it's a very weird structured book. And I, I read them all. I read them all just in one day. Yeah. But and it also felt like they all kind of melted into each other, and I was having a little bit of a rough time under remembering afterwards, like what actually took place, where and when, and in what order. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's um, you know, like it's it's a weird, like the the structure of of the either world is very odd, because it's not saying it's a bad book. It's it's not. It's a good. It's a good book. It's like. It's not one of the, it's not one of the best Wheel of Time books, but it's not one of the worst ones either. It's a good first book into the series, but it's still it's still a very much a book where Robert Jordan's finding his feet with how he wants to tell the story, and no, there's no better example of that than the section that we're into post when they all meet up in Camlin. Yeah, because the. The style of storytelling and the structure of it just completely changes from uh, the chapter where Rand has that dream and they all tell Moraine that they dreamt about yeah. the world, and then it just changes completely. 
<laughs> you know, one of the big reasons of that is is because he solves the problem that that blights no pun intended so many fantasy books is how to travel from a to b quickly yeah and that's one of the things like in classic fantasy where it's basically there's no other way to travel than than on horse or by foot and occasionally by boat lots of the story is told by when they're when they're when they're traveling and then you got some more kind of like uh, by modern by this modern means i mean like kind of 1980s early 1990s fancy writers that tried to solve that problem by just not saying having any story when they were all traveling so it's like, so it's like days later they arrived here um, <laughs> the, the the road to wherever was uneventful or something like that because it's just like we just want to get past this point and then you had robert jordan and um our mate David Evans did it with his book Redemption of Alphalus as well, where they um, come up with some kind of mechanism where you can just travel really quickly, like yeah. the fast travel system in video games. <laughs> it was basically, and this is what he does. So the first part of this book is them fleeing from things from here to here on the road all the time, on horse, on foot, on boat. Um, and then they get to the ways and they're able to just travel still a couple of days but it's an exciting section but it gets them from one point in on the map to somewhere completely different where it might have taken them previously in this book it may have taken five or six different chapters to do it um yeah and they they show and, and then also it's, i mean i think as we've talked before and i think we never really touched on it so much but we talked about like robert jordan's experience of of being part of the lovecraft circle and how the way is kind of portrayed in this almost like Lovecraftian cosmic horror style. Yeah. Which which is in which is very, very interesting. And you can see the influences of I mean, probably he, he had a lot of influences from from Howard and the, the Conan books. Yeah, he would have done. I think that's something that's like uh, it's a good point that you've got because I think it's something that people might sometimes overlook, or not even overlook, but not realize that like people who are into Wheel of Time a lot and, and, and Jordan know that he did the Conan books, but they probably don't realise how much uh, Howard was part of that Lovecraft circle. So mm -hmm. even if Robert Jordan himself wasn't massively into Lovecraft, if he was into Howard, which he probably was because he wrote books in his universe, yeah. he would have been influenced by him in some kind of way. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, you can see that. And that's the thing, it does that does pop up quite a lot in the eye of the world the horror influence that is absent from books as it goes on through the series it's not as prevalent as it is in the eye of the world but it definitely is and the ways obviously like we talked yeah. about last time the, the ways is definitely this weird and it's the same with with the the tentacles that show up in the blight yeah, 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 yeah. That was yeah. a real. That must be a nod. I'm thinking to Lovecraft. It reminds me a little bit of Color Out of Space. Mm -hmm. How you know the meteorite um, mutates everything. Yeah. Because even even when it's talking, mean, this is a little bit further on when they, when they're in the blight, but it talks about how the colors seem different. Yeah. The the quality of the light is different. 
and that is something about um that is from the color of space as a color out of space as well there's other reasons for that which has never been really confirmed but there's lots of theories about what the blight is <clears throat> and in in con in conjunction with something else that's another mechanism that kind of gets explained a little bit more in the later books uh, um so we can't really talk about it right now but yeah it's definitely with the, with the kind of like limbs looking like tentacles and all that kind of stuff and like even like the ways like it's like a, it's it's like a living dimension outside yeah. of one which is very lovecraftian it reminded me a little bit and we just we talked about this before we we podcasted we mentioned um dishonored and this is the second dimension that the main character ends up when he learns how to use his powers yeah but yeah. the, the outsider yeah it's very yeah. like isn't it yeah it reminded me that's what i was picturing in these i should ask him actually if he's red wheel of time like I, i've never actually asked him that i should i should ask so the, the director of the game, Harvey Smith, um, I, I, I'm, I was saying to Chris before the podcast, I, I, I know him quite well, um, but I've never asked him if he's if he's into Wheel of Time, but he's into he's into D&D &D and all that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. I'd imagine he's familiar with it, if not like a fan of it. Yeah. But yeah, the, the Outsider's Realm is very much like that, actually, isn't it? Like the ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they end up there in Faldara, which uh, and they they hang out there uh, a bit, and we get a little bit more chit chat from them. Now, world huh? Bit more world world building. What with bit more world building? And uh, one thing that I reacted to, and I got to ask you this: because the way that it's described, Faldara, because it's a castle, mm -hmm. right? And they're in the castle. Is it where the prologue takes place? No, it's not. It might be the same part of the world. Okay, but, but it's not the. It's not the same castle. All that stuff, like there's very little stuff from the from the, the prologue times that is still around because the world that the the other male Isidar users went mad and, and, and destroyed everything after that okay. point. Because yeah. it, was, it felt like this eerie, empty, very gothic castle. With pictures and it was just like well if robert jordan doesn't leave anything out or he returns to stuff i was thinking oh maybe this is where the first part yeah, is. i mean i can't think off the top of my head now be a good question to ask matt next week um it might be the same part of the world like i, I can't just re really remember where whereabouts it is but like the the thing with the breaking of the world is there's that like it, it literally changed the entire map of the the face of the, of, of uh, the continent. Like you know, there's, there's mountains appeared that weren't there before. Mm. There's cities just wiped off the face of the earth. There's um, uh, rivers appear that were never there, and all this kind of stuff. Like it's it's literally just like fire and brimstone kind of stuff. Like so, um, no. So um, with with Faldara, so it's uh, um, we, we we get to meet some people, more people from the bottom. Yeah. Obviously, Lan is from the borderlands. And yeah. uh, what kind of what kind of culture would you say is like the main vibe that you get off these guys? Well, we were talking about that last time, and you were saying that you were getting a little bit of an of an uh, of an Asian vibe. Yeah, uh, and I would agree. I would agree with that. The way they, at least with the way they speak to each other. Um, not so much. I don't know if I got the picture images, but I felt that it was a very. Um, what should I say? uh hierarchical culture a feudal yeah. yeah yeah 
which is, I mean, which is what the world, uh, eye of the world, that that world is, but this was even more clear that it's maybe like more of a clan system. Yeah. Now, these guys are like, um, it's the first time that we see people that are soldiers. That are just, that's, that's all the purposes, like even, even Angomar, the, the, the king is, or the lord Angomar, mm. is a warrior. That's that's his purpose. He's he's there to to fight Trollocs, and to stop take them. names and fight Trollocs. Yeah, that's it. That's what he does. Because it's it's funny because like it's up until this point that as you as you travel in further north, um, through the, through the book. So when you're at the start of the two rivers, Trollocs are like this. They have all these, and and like Madral, they're all called like Fades, and they have all these funny fairy tale names to them, and people don't really mm. believe. And you start traveling further north, and like the, the the skepticism starts to melt away, but it's still there, and it's still there, it's still there. Even in Camelon, which is this like developed city full of all these people, and, and still even people there are just like, oh, there's no such thing as Trollocs and and this kind of stuff and what have you. But then you get to uh, you get to Chenier, and they're all just like, yeah, Trollocs are real. We fight them all the time. <laughs> well, I mean, the one thing that I also reacted to with this this um this group of people that. For the first time, it felt like they weren't, they didn't, they didn't hate outsiders. They didn't hate yes. other people. Yeah, this well, is think, a lot more sympathetic. Yeah, I think it's because they have obviously they have great respect for Lan because yeah. of who who Lan is, uh, which we can talk about a little bit as well. We get a bit of backstory for Lan, yeah. but they have uh, great respect for the Aes Sedai as well, which is the first time as well. Other than Basil Gil, well, even Basil Gil doesn't really respect him. He respects Moraine. But he, he fears the Aes Sedai and everything. Doesn't really trust them. It's the first time we come across a group of people that are very uh, respectful of Aes mm. Sedai, which is which is great because like you've seen all these different cult. Like I mean, in this book, you see this this progression of beliefs and cultures, and um, you'd think you'd think like. He'd go to Camlin, the big city where like the Queen has a relationship with the White Tower. Like they, they go to train even if they have no uh, they have no even if they have like a, a little inkling of power, they they go to the White Tower anyway as part of their their training to be to be queen. And they, she has nice that advisor, but there's still that distrust there mm-hmm. from the citizens and everything. So it's interesting just to but then I think it's because like you go to Shinair and Faldara and they're just always their life revolves around fighting yeah. the shadow. So they see the Aes Sedai as allies and they respect them and they take their lead from them. And obviously then as well with Lan, um being who he is and being like this kind of uh legendary figure, really, I suppose. To, to to all these people, it's 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 interesting to see the shifts in perspective between all the different groups of characters that we meet. Yeah, um, yeah, and we get you know obviously they talk about that. Is this where we? Um, is this where a uh, an old uh, old friend? Yeah, so an old old, an old friend is a uh, is. It's a very short chapter, the Paldara one, the first Paldara. 
So basically, like they they come out of the way gate and they kind of regroup, and they see that the land is completely like wasted. Yeah. Free and uh, you know, there's vacant farms and all this kind of stuff. And Ingtar is like they're like it's probably is like a captain, isn't he? So he, he greets them and brings them to Anglemar, and and uh, Anglemar's like, come on, come on, come on, come on, fight with us at Tarwin's Gap. Come on, it's going to be great. Come on, come on, come on, come on, fight some Trollocs. And they're like, nay, nay. Yeah, because he says something like, well, there's uh, here land you're hanging out with maybe one, two warriors. Yeah. Because yeah. he just looks at what, what the weapons they have, like one has an axe and, and one has a sword and just like, oh, they must be, they must be warriors. Yeah. So he thinks that the golden, the, the, he thinks he's uh the golden crane has been raised again, and this yeah. goes, and it's like, no, nope, that's that's never gonna happen, mate. Not those days, I'm I'm too old for this shit. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so like we get a little bit more about what all that's about in a little while, uh, in in a further chapter. But um, yeah, so he's like, come on, let's go to Tarwin's Gap, let's go, let's go fight these these fools. And the uh, Marines like, no, we've got to go to the other world. It's really important, and. Uh, Angomar's like, well, take some soldiers with you then as well. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just like, I just want to kill Trollocs. That's yeah. all I want to do. And if and if I can kill Trollocs vicariously through you, then that's great as well. Yeah. Like, take he, some kind of, he kind of reminds me of the Croatians uh, back in the uh, 17th century, the 30-year war, which was the Swedes would, would uh, hire Croatians to just like maim people. <laughs> <laughs> he's just yeah mate, it's like that. He, he just he just loves fighting and he, yeah. and he hates Trollocs and he's just like listen come with us to fight at Tarwin's Gap no okay well take some of my people with you to fight them up there as well because I just want them to die yeah uh, that's it and but Moraine's like no small part I've read some fantasy books before and I know that a small party is better than a big one all right <laughs> even that's- though their party isn't that small <laughs> no, yeah. like they have like a big bloody Trolloc uh, old gear walking around with them. Like it's, they're not they're not very conspicuous. How many people are there at the minute? So there's Moraine, Lan, Rand, Matt, Perrin, Nineve, Egwene, Loyal. Eight people. Yeah, it's one shot of a fellowship, really. So yeah, really. Yeah, um, I I would be shocked. If there's eight people by, by this point in the TV series, if there's eight people that go to the eye of the world, I would be super surprised because that's <laughs> a lot I, of people. Yeah, I think that's going to change. I, well, I actually wanted to, to ask you that, and this is a, a good a time as any because we were talking about what point of view we'll be seeing, if it's going to be from Moraine's point of view. But do you, or is it going to be like the game of Game of Thrones, where it's just multiple? Because really, what in Game of Thrones there isn't one point yeah. of view. Although we do follow, like the Starks are who we're supposed to be rooting for. Yeah, although yeah, yeah. I guess there is a case being made of kind of like how they do in How I Met Your Mother, where you can they talk about you can watch the Karate Kid out of the blonde head bad guy's point of view. Or as they say in Community, you look and watch it. Out, you can uh, watch it out of uh, Mr. Miyagi's point of view. Yeah, um, I don't know if anyone's ever compared Wheel of Time to Karate Kid before, but so I mean, that, this must be a first. Or How I Met Your Mother, either. Uh, 
that's definitely a plus. Uh, I, I think what they'll do is they'll do because we know that Legain's going to have uh, an increased role in the TV show, so there's definitely going to be. And we know they were filming in Spain at the beginning of this month, and, and the guy playing Legain was the only kind of uh, main cast actor there. He was the only guy there. He was just there, yeah, they were just filming him walking around the castle, and he was like, where is everyone else? They're like, socially distancing me. Um, we'll add them all in in post. Um, so, yeah, we, so there's going to be, there's, there's going to be um, big sections of the, of the show from his point of view. What I would, what I think is, right, you could easily do this book following the same POVs in about four episodes of TV, four one-hour episodes easily, right? It's a big book, but the reason you could do it that way is because it's all mainly from one person's point of view. So if you're just doing it, so if you're thinking a TV show, a scene usually lasts anywhere between 90 seconds and, and two minutes. That's usually unless it's a big battle scene, right? Mm. Uh, and then you switch to someone else's POV, switch to someone else's POV, da, 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 so you're following the different characters all the time. But with this, you're just following Rand all the time. So if you're just doing that for 60 minutes, that's um, how many scenes? Two minutes into 60, that's 30 scenes, right? <laughs> per episode, if you're doing it that way, unless there's some kind of extended ones. So let's just say, for the sake of arguments, 20 scenes, right? And you have, you have to have at least a montage where they travel from village to village and, yeah, yeah. Do the and we, know, we know they're cutting out some of that as well because obviously for the practicality of it so you could easily do just eye of the world as it is in about four episodes mm. we know that it's eight episodes and we also know that it's mostly eye of the world for little bits of new spring and possibly a little bit of the great hunt in it but mainly itself from the eye of the world because we know from set photos when they went back to film before they, before they f finished filming in, the, in, the, in uh, December, that they were filming stuff in Faldara mm. for the last couple of episodes. So we know that it's going to end around that time, right? So to lengthen that out, there must be different POVs. And I reckon what's one of the big changes is going to happen is at this point where we're at in the story. Um, I don't think they're going to go to Camlin. I think they're going to go to Tarvalon and then Tarvalon to, Fal to Faldera. Um, and they might move some of the characters from Camlin into, into Tarvalon. But I think some of the characters will stay in Tarvalon. Mm. And some of them will go up to the Eye of the World and some of them will stay. Um, I reckon Matt will probably be one of the characters that stays in Tarvalon. Because obviously, with his uh, with his dagger, with the healing that Moraine did, it's only kind of delayed the uh, the the things. And she's saying that he needs to get to Tarvalon. So if they if they go to Tarvalon, they're going to have to come up with a bloody good reason to <laughs> to uh, move him on from there uh, to uh, to do it. I don't, I don't know. There's going to be some changes anyway. But like the girls, like Egwene and the Neve. Their, their, their point is to go to Tarvalon as well, to, to train to become Aes Sedai. Um, well, not, maybe not so much Nadeves, but definitely Egwene's. So I would not be surprised if there was, if the party splits. Because, I mean, eight is a lot of people to go up yeah. there as, for, for, for the TV show, just to kind of give people stuff. Um, I mean, we know Egwene filmed at Faldara as well, so it's, but there's going to be big changes. But um, 
yeah who who knows so anyway back into this chapter so there's this point so they decide anyway that um the trollocs outnumber them at towering gap 10 to 1 and it's going to be a valiant battle and all this kind of stuff and then they're like yeah you can stay at night we're going to go tomorrow oh yeah by the way um we we captured this uh this bloke and it, yeah. it's pad and fane he's, pad been, and fane returns. he's, been, he's been bloody following them from the, the yeah. entire time the the scamp and then the interesting part here is that we find out everything why the um, the Dark One knows that it's that one of those three guys because Pat yeah. Fane is a dark friend. So yeah, so this is the next chapter. So uh, more tales of the wheel, which is a, a weird great, title. A great. Well, we are getting more tales from the wheel. So it's, <laughs> well, uh, I think isn't the whole book more tales from the wheel? It is, yeah. But we get we get a lot of we, we get multiple tales in this bit. We get we get uh we don't see Pad and Fane getting interrogated, we just get Moraine's yeah. version of the interrogation, which we know she can't be lying about, but she could be bending the truth. Yeah. Know? And, and it seems like the ter- interrogation is some kind of like she uses her power. Yeah. It she gets into like his brain, like right, she can read his mind. Yeah. So first of all though, while she goes off to do that, um Angomar just goes like yeah, um, while we're waiting, I'm going to tell you about Lan. <laughs> <laughs> As you do. And so we, we find out about uh, about Lan and that he is basically, the suspicions that he is Aragorn are confirmed. Yeah. He literally is Aragorn. Isn't he like... He's a king. Uh, he should be king of a place that no longer exists that was taken. Because that's the thing with Aragorn as well. Like, obviously he's, he was the king of Gondor, but he... That's not where he's from. Like his people are from Andor, isn't it? Like they were because uh, I'm going to put on my my Lord of the Rings scholar hat now. And like so, the 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 Gondorians split into two different families. There were the northern ones and the southern ones. The southern ones were in Gondor, and then the northern ones were in Andor, who were fighting against the Witch King of Angmar, mm-hmm. and they were basically wiped out. And all those people that were survivors became the rangers and um aragon's bloodline was the bloodline of the king of those people so he's like related to the kings of gondor he is a gondorian he's a numenorian that's where they all came from so uh but he was never actually like a, a technical gondorian no so, yeah there you go, there you so go. That, that's lan so lan is the uh is the rightful king of malkia the seven towers and all that jazz that goes with it and that's why they love him in 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 a in, in the borderlands because he just they love killing trollocs and <laughs> lan is great at killing trollocs i mean it's interesting that there are enough trollocs to kill still yeah i mean that, that is good they just, just kind of like just make them you find out a little bit more about how trollocs exist later on in the series and everything but the, um, I think, like you know, the Borderlanders would be sad if there was no Trollocs. Yeah, who, who would be kill? They kill probably each other. Like you know, they might just invade the entire rest of the the rest of the continent and just take them all over. So we find out a little bit about Lan, and then Moraine turns up and says, "Let me tell you about Pan and Fane." <laughs> They're just like, okay. So were you surprised that it was Pad and Fane was the beggar and was all this was I've been yeah. following all this. That was nothing that I had because we were talking about who who um 
uh, who who the beggar was, and I was saying that it's uh, Tom, but it wasn't Tom. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot you said that. that was yeah, hilarious. yeah, we were having a, you guys were having a good old laugh about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, <laughs> Tom Marilyn would hate to be known as a beggar. How dare you? Um, yeah, um, Pad and Fane, So it's been it's been a so I mean, we think Pad and Fane is killed at the very start, don't we? Like the same. Yeah. We don't see him, and we just think the Trollocs have killed him. But he's a uh, no. He's been he's been tailing them the entire time, and he's a. Uh, so he was, he was a dark friend, but then, the dark one twisted him into something even more. Yeah, he makes he's he's kind of his. He well, he probably he makes a he makes a bunch of the dark one makes a bunch of promises too. It's kind of like a, a, uh, Satan kind of. A fo a fo a, fo a Faustian Faustian yeah. pact. Yeah. But he'll get. Well, I I never understand how people believe in that. Like if if the the point of the the uh, dark one is to destroy the world, kind of right. Yeah. Or well, that's what that's what um that's what Bowsmon says. There's some of the dark friends think that that he means to remake it in his own image. Basically, but like, yeah, and that like, so there's there's um, there is different points of view about about that. Let, let's say. <laughs> well, anyway, so he he says that he's gonna get him, he's gonna get to be king, yeah, ruler of his own little dominion. So if he does this one favor, which is he has to go to, he um, tries to figure out where the the dragon is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's been spying on the, on the two rivers for a very long time. That's why he keeps going back there. And then um, there's more wrinkles that get added to it. So he he was in Shadar Logoth and he met uh, Moradin, mm -hmm. and something happened with those two. So he's kind of carried. <laughs> he's kind of amalgamated with with Moradin, um, and then he was in the ways as well. Yeah, he's he's been he's been leading the trolls to them at this entire time, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The face and, and everything. The, the black wind matching Shin kind of just like left them alone as well because it's like yeah. you, you're kind of a bad bloke, Pad and Thane. There's something there's something I don't quite like about you, and it's like, yep, <laughs> I am the golem of the act. Yes, he, he, well, he he's he's definitely he's like the. Um, I think in Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman's Dragons of Autumn Twilight, there's a, a character like that as well that you don't find out until the end of the first book. Because there's like this evil force that is rising that is controlling the the whatever skeletons walking around or whatever it is in in that book or in that series. And they, anyway, the evil uh, figures. And it ends up being one of in the party like a former member of the party is the evil one or is the one is not the evil one but does the evil one's bidding and leads these troops yeah it's kind of like the same thing although we always think that Padam Fane is dead so it does he's not as that's the thing he's not so present but he has been he's been there the entire time yeah, but he hasn't but it's not like a, it's like oh here we're reintroducing this guy and he's the bad guy yeah it's so funny that like he thought the beggar was Tom. That's just like <laughs> uh, it's so funny. 
Mark gets entertained. That is great. Is, yeah, but yeah, and, and the, we find out that that one of the reasons why the, the, the Dark One doesn't know who he's actually looking for or which, which one he is because Padma Fane doesn't know. Yeah. He's it narrowed it down to three people. He's the one that's been marking doors and shit. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's it. I mean, you know, he clearly isn't a very clever guy because it's like, which one of these three boys was not born in the, three, in the two rivers? Hmm. Let's see. Is it the one that's taller than everyone else that has red hair like no one else in the entire place? Maybe too easy. I, I, I need to look into this a little bit more now. <laughs> It's just, just to, I need to be certain about my choice. Um, so no, yeah, he's he's uh, he's there. He's um, he re- he reminds me a little bit. So he's like a, so you have like good and evil, right? So you have the light versus the shadow, and, and all that kind of stuff. But like, Pad and Fane is like the third aspect of like he's like chaos. Yeah. That comes into it. He's kind of like the the. He's um, like the Joker in the Dark Knight. I was going to say that he was the 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 wolf in Never Ending Story. Yeah, that's something I've not seen for a long time. But yeah, yeah, that that would be like yeah, that, that's 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 it's that aspect of it. So you you have like this agent of chaos that just comes in to spoil the broth, basically. And they've yeah. got the roles. So it's like that's like that's what I was gonna say because it's, I'm more familiar with it. Cause I haven't seen the, the never in the story for a long time. But in like the Dark Knight, you have the story is like the light versus shadow, and it's mainly like how far does Batman have to go? And like you know, you've got that kind of like Harvey Dent as like the, the White Knight, and Batman as the Dark Knight, and then you have the Joker that just pops up every so often yeah. and just does this thing just because he wants to do it because it's just like chaos and he's you know that's it. And, that, and Pad and Fane is like serves that role kind of like he was of the dark and he still is kind of of the shadow but because what has happened to him mm. what the dark one did to him and then what's happened to him since with with moradin and uh, all that kind of stuff he's just this other thing and the uh he's he's is in he's in the next book quite quite a lot okay you'll be pleased to know <laughs> maybe you won't be pleased to know i don't know but uh, I'm pleased to know that. I, I do like a little bit of because the one thing that I've that I felt has been missing a little bit in this book is that there's always and we get to that one now that we're going into the next chapter, the blight. There's always something trying to kill them. Yeah. Whether there's it's their fades or drakars or well the chart drakars were more like scouts, but tentacles and dark winds and, and everything like that. Which you know, is very, it's very true to life because I can't go anywhere without tentacles and dark winds trying to kill me. That's true. That is very true, um, and you can see it looking out my window today. There's a lot of dark winds out there, but <laughs> what? <laughs> Not so many tentacles today. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that I've been missing is, I mean, because you have the dark one, but he's just kind of there in the background but the central kind of like and you know antagonist yeah that's because like if you look at the star wars i think the star wars prequels you have an antagonist in in each you have the overarching dark side yeah 
which they don't really know where it is and who it is or what it is. But you have Darth Maul, which is the central antagonist, basically, in the first one, who dies. And then you have uh, Darth... Count Dooku. Count, Count Dooku, yeah, Dooku. His, his, his Sith name is Darth Tyrannius. Yeah. And then you have the one guy, Darth, uh, with all the lightsabers. Darth yeah, Robot. Gen General Grievous. <laughs> yes. Who dies basically in the beginning. Yeah. But but the thing is that, and that's kind of like, and, that, and then I found that when I reread, well, Dragons of Autumn Twilight, it's the same. There's like no central antagonist. It's just a bunch of evil stuff. Coming yeah. to kill them. Um, and Final kind of fills that role. I, I feel that that's missing. I, I want a an evil son of a bitch. Yeah, like you don't want. It's a lot more of an abstract kind of concept because, like, it in in this so far, you've had like uh, Bowsermon in the dreams, but obviously dreams are an abstract concept anyway. And then, like, the concept of evil, a dark one, is abstract as well because it's just a concept. I mean, you have you've had like we've had our dark friends along the along the way. Oh, the the journey of dark friends they, they've been there but they're like kind of one chapter and done kind of thing um but i think that's get the nature of um of this book that it's setting up so much stuff for in the future um yeah. that that is part of it that suffers because it's kind of trying to bring in so many different concepts and ideas that it kind of um it doesn't really have time to have, kind of have one central no. thing to go at, but you know you, you get a little bit of it in the next set of chapters. You get a little, you get you'll get what you're looking for a little bit. Don't worry, don't you worry your little head. I won't, I won't. So well, the starts and uh, and um, Ingtar is is uh, leading them towards the the blights, and he he gets angry when they get past when they go past. They can see um, Malkia. They can see the. The, the seven towers and lands a bit sad, but I, I, I get angry because he's like, I want to go and kill some Trollocs. It's <laughs> or I want to go and kill some Trollocs for you lads, and, and I can't. You're not letting us. I just have to stay here, and I'm gonna miss all. It's, it's kind of like one person that wants to go fishing with you, like that buddy that he has. Like, hey, let's go fishing. It's like, no, I gotta go work. Ah, oh. yeah, we could be fishing right now. I know, but he, he's he's just like. I just want to go and kill some Trollocs. And you're able to go to the Bloody Blight with Lan and kill some Trollocs, and we're not allowed. And all my mates have gone down to Tarwin's Gap, and they're going to kill some Trollocs or get killed themselves. I don't really care which. I just want to see some death. And we're just we're just here not being able to do it. <laughs> it's kind of like Bender. It's like, yeah. I'll give my own killing Trollocs with hookers and beer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so there's, um, yeah, so the, the basically this this one just introduces the blight, so that they kind of they notice straight away that it's hot. Like, they get sick. As it, they get sick right away. Yeah, they get further in. You find they find it hard to breathe. Um, they they just sweat because it's so much hot. It's like it's like the blight is like all oh, the rest of the heat that should be seeping throughout the rest of the continent. Is like being kept in the blight. That's what that's the impression that I get from it. It's just like it's just holding all this heat. And even like Rand, because he's an idiot, 
reaches out to touch a tree and Lan is like, don't touch anything. Like even a flower can kill you in the blight. And they're like, well, like the trees are all sickly and like tentacly and there's corruption everywhere and all that kind of stuff. And worms. Uh, yeah. Um, and then just because coincidence and or maybe because Moraine's just a bit of a, a bit mean sometimes, they decide to camp at the lakes overlooking Malkia where, where uh, <laughs> lands old home, which has been eaten away by the blight, just uh, just to twist the knife into them. And then we hear a little touching little little uh, a little scene between the Neve and yeah. They, they have a they have a moment. Lan moment and, and actually more of a romantic moment than they've like let on before, which is I found like, a little odd here. It's kind of yeah, it's kind of it's kind of hinted at a little bit. This again with the thing because we don't really see anyone else's POV. We see like hints of it when we first split the POVs way back in the what well, say the beginning of the second third of the book. And uh, you know how Lan is like impressed that the Neve's been able to track them, and, yeah. like a little bit of, like back and forth between them and everything. But then, then the the POVs go back to being Ran centric, so we don't really see that development again. And then again, it's one of those things that that happens at the beginning of the book where we're seeing where we're learning about the power, yeah, because Rand is basically eavesdropping on people. <laughs> Which he seems to like to do quite a lot. Um, we so we hear this scene, and it, and it, and uh, Lan is just like, I can't take your good loving woman. I know you you'd be better, yeah, because he she's just like, well, we could do this, but it's like, yeah, well, wisdoms never never marry. Yeah, and so, I, and yeah, I, but I can be an isodized, ah, well, isodized never marry. And he's like, and I'm all about I'm all about killing Trollocs. I'm afraid, yeah. I don't. I, I, He's like, my love isn't good enough for someone like you because I love killing Trollocs too much. And like, uh, and she has a little, she has a little cry. Yeah, she's very sad. Is this at the time time as we get talk about we have a scene between uh, Rand and Egwene as well, oh. where they don't do the same thing, but they're talking about, yeah, they're. They talk about the relationship a little bit. They do, yeah. They do. They're just like, what's what's going on? <laughs> like, <laughs> why why is everyone think we're like gonna get? Well, we thought we were. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Are um, we still get married? Yeah. Uh, pro pro probably not. And Rand kind of wishes that that they could, but he's already been told that they're not for each other. Yeah, he's got that. Or did she say that just so, so he wouldn't pursue it? I don't what know. First. I, I always just, I'm just sad. I just really take time to be sad for the Neve at this point because, like, they wake up and, like, she's, her eyes are all red. She's been crying all night, Chris. And you're just being so flippant about this pain that she's gone through. <laughs> maybe. I, mean, I, I didn't know that. Well, of course, you live in Ireland, so you're. Maybe, maybe it's because. Very sentimental. Time. Yeah, maybe it's because it's the first time you're reading through this, and, and you may not like the need quite so much, which is which is a a popular thing for people when they first read it. But like, she, you really kind of warm to her on different read throughs. So it's a it's a it's a sad little one because she's such a she's such a person that doesn't that only shows 
anger because she feels like she has to because like she's young and she's pretty and other people don't take her seriously in the role that she has. So she has to feels like she has to project herself in a certain way. And this bit she's let herself be vulnerable. And Lana's just said, listen, I'd love to do it, but I just can't fit that in and killing Trollocs <laughs> at the same time. And it's no, she's um it's it's made her sad because she's kind of like it's one of the only times she's let herself be vulnerable and 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 she's let her guard down and it's been thrown back in her face kind of. I mean she's I think what know. what kind of was um didn't gel with me was that we hadn't we hadn't seen this side of her before and it comes off as as a, a big big break in her character why it, why, why have you got a hate in the knee for but stop. i don't hate in the knee i mean i think she's you know she's well first of all like she's everywhere didn't know if she was old or if she was young or if she was pretty or if she's a hag because it's so they are saying so many different things about her yeah the people are just people are just people are mean to Neve, and you are one of those people. I am. I'm a bully. We also, we also get we also get complete confirmation from Moraine that Neve can channel or be taught to channel at this stage as well because she reacts to the barrier coming down that the, the Moraine put up, and she's like, "I knew it." I do feel that Land doesn't. I think you should at least give it a go. Give her a little snuggle. A little snog. Do you think so? Yeah. Are you shipping them? Are you... Just for just for a nice night, um, and you know, a night. Uh, Lana's got too much honour for that. He, he's not a one night man. He's not. He's not two, a camp guy. Two nights. Two nights, maybe. <laughs> two, two nights in the blight. Um, yeah. Are you shipping? Are you shipping the Neve and Lan now? After yeah, this I question? am, like the kids say. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I just learned that term like maybe five months ago. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we get a bit of like classic Lan at this bit. So this is the bit where the, the trees try to grab them and tentacles, and Lan just charges off yeah. into, the, into the forest just to fight, just to kill some things. Is like, listen, <laughs> I'm sick of all these talking about feelings and stuff. I'm, I'm just gonna go and kill some stuff. So he, um, he he goes off for a little bit and, and kills some bit, uh, and then they start getting followed by these worms. Then yeah, those are weird too. Yeah, they're very weird. And lands like, yeah, we need to we need to go a bit faster. So he comes back and he's like, uh, he's like, listen, lads, we're screwed. Like, <laughs> like we're not gonna get to where we need to go fast enough, and we're gonna have to turn around, and we're gonna have to fight them. Um, and then out of nowhere they're in the eye of the world yeah. but is this do we skip the scene where they do fight them um, well yeah they, they kind of they kind of like have a few like kind of skirmishes won't they because there's a there's a point where like Moraine heals this horse like over and over again yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I, I did enjoy that part because it was just kind of like showing in a way how powerful she is because i mean obviously we talked about before she was using the power and she got tired and she was like had to rest for for a good bit but here she's just like healing horses left and right 
yeah she's like pushing herself to the, to the yeah thing. Um, and like there's like a really good imagery in this bit as well because it's kind of like saying like the the blight knows that they're there itself like the blight is this like again like the ways how he describes the ways are like a living entity like the, the yeah. blight is, also, is sentient also it's like it's it's making itself tighter around them um so with, with the eye of the world like <clears throat> loyal in the previous in a couple of previous chapters said that you can only ever find it once yeah um and basically it finds you because of like because of need to find it and moraine is like saying to her she's like oh my need is uh, is strong enough that 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 i can find it again but it's hinted at from from my read of this anyway is that it's Rand's desperation mm-hmm. that that is why they find the eye because he's desperate because he's like seeing these worms he's seen this horrible place he thinks they're about to die and he's just like they need to get to the eye they need to get there and then they're there so it, it seems to me that was maybe Moraine's plan was that she knew that you can only call it once but if someone else was in the party yeah, who needed it? Who who um, who wanted it bad enough that it might work? And yeah, no, I think that's I think that's a good point. And um, you know, we didn't we haven't talked about it yet, but this is also introduces the Green Man. Yes, they mention a lot closer to this point, but feels like they don't mention so much earlier. Yeah, because it's really it's it's, it's um. It's loyal that really just kind of mentions him because is a is a thing from legend and, and there's a reason for that which you find out in a few books from now actually it's it's quite a little bit of a way off but there's a reason why the ogia and the green man would be kind of familiar with each other yeah they're, they're buddies because once we're introduced to the night of now are we jumping too far now or yeah, because we're we're ending it, but basically this chapter just basically ends with with the green man going like, "Yo, dudes, what up?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're all you're all you're all safe now for a little bit. Um, let's let's see what the 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 meat uh, that one stirs, isn't it? This chapter, this is seven three two. Um, let me see. In my copy of the book, it's page seven three two. Um, so he. Yeah. Um, oh God, I, I, I skipped the chapter altogether. And bloody hell, I spoiled myself. Um, yeah, so he calls him Tree Brother. But yeah, well, before before that, because then we've skipped the one, you know, the scene between uh, Rand and Egwene, where she basically says he can be her warder if she becomes an Aes Sedai. That's yeah. how they can be together forever. <laughs> Rand's yeah, yeah. just like, nope, that's not happening. That's pure. That's pure Egwene. That is. She's just like, this is all about me. Like, <laughs> and she's like, whenever you have finished doing this, this, uh, this, this bloody thing, you can be my warder as I'm an Aes Sedai. Like, and we can. And it's like, yeah, Egwene, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but you never know. You never know. No, but then we get to the green man who shows up. Did I felt felt that he? You, you remember that painting 
of um, like the portrait of a guy and he's all like fruit and vegetables. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. saw in front of me. Well, you know, like um, the green man, like it's, it's uh, he has a, he has a big he has a big scar on his face as well, doesn't he? Like um, like he has like a big tear mm. over his forehead, um, so he's he's seen some action, um, but it's um, the green man is like there's there's a lot of myth and legends about a green man in our own world. Yeah, he's a he's very. Um... Especially not Celtic, yeah, figure, right? Yeah, like I say, he's a very in, in Northern Europe, especially like there's a very strong green man, I think, and, and, and it, it entwines with Arthurian legend as well in some places, mm-hmm. which again is a, is a run is a running theme of the eye of the world, uh, especially the first free, uh, free books of the Wheel of Time. Like obviously, we talk about the the Lord of the Rings. Influence quite a lot, but the the Arthurian influence is just as strong, if yeah. not stronger. Um, and this is one of those things with the, with the Green Man. Uh, some some versions of the Grail quest involve like the green, uh, some kind of the Green Man, the Green Knight. Yeah, because there's a there's a horrible movie with Sean Connery called Killing <laughs> and the Green Knight. There is, yeah, yeah. Um, horrible. So yes, he calls he calls loyal little brother and loyal calls him tree brother. And they sing. They, they have a little sing together. Yeah, they have a little, little sing. I think, find that that's very interesting. Like in the middle of all this, they just like outran a bunch of worms. They've been fighting. They've been vomiting. People have had their hearts broken. Yeah, and they just they just have a little sing. Yeah, like everything's fine. Let's just do it. And then. Um, he says to him like, is that being in the in the eye is like being in the steading. So like yeah. his, uh, his his longing will be will be pushed back a little bit, which means which is good. He recognizes Perrin. Uh, as a wolf brother. As a wolf brother. He's he's just dropping bombs left, right, and center, isn't he? The green revealing like, everybody's secrets. He's kind of like a Jerry Springer type character. <laughs> he is, yeah. So he's like uh so he, he just looks at Matt and he's just like I don't know who you are, and then, <laughs> and then he, he looks at he looks at uh, Rand and starts going, "All right, child of the dragon house things." It's like, um, it's like, why are you wear what, what why why are you wearing a sword? What's going on? What's what what the hell is going on? And Rand is also like, I also do not know what the hell is going on, but the things that you've said to me have worried me. Please do not say such things to me ever again, because <laughs> they are highly concerning, and the green man. Touches his brown scar across his head, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm just going a bit crazy. Like, just don't don't worry about him. <laughs> like, don't 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 worry about it." And he's like, "Oh, I think I've said something I shouldn't have said." I love that. It's, it's proper. Like, he's like, um, <laughs> you know, you know, like you see in films sometimes where you have like an, an older person and they say something that they shouldn't say, and then they kind of like feign like, "Oh, uh, uh, my memory is just." Uh, <laughs> That's literally what he does. He's like, he basically like says something quite, uh, like obviously there's there's been this whole like stuff about Rand throughout the whole of the book about him being like people thinking that he's a nail, yeah, and like mistaken identity with him, and then like there's this whole thing of who is the dragon. Rand is starting to suspect that it might be him, 
and the green man is just like, yo, child of the dragon, what <laughs> up, man? <laughs> it's like, why are you wearing a sword? What's going on? Like, you know, what, what is, why have things changed? And Rand's like, oh, this is all of the things I just did not want to hear. And the green man's like, oh, oh, no, oh I've got a scar on my head. Like, oh, the memory's playing tricks on me, you know, it's just, it's hard to say. Let's just laugh at the, the green man's funny joke. Yeah, yeah, this is just, just, uh, yeah, I, I just say, this words just tumble out of my mouth sometimes. I don't know what I'm saying. It's been, I've been in the eye of the world for a long time. It's lovely. It's, it's been there for a long time. And he, he says, like, yeah, so um, she's like, he says to Moraine, like, oh, we usually don't see the same person twice. Um, again, reinforcing that point where she sh it shouldn't really be, I've been her. Um, that probably, it was probably Rand or someone else in the party, but we were led to believe it's Rand. And then um, she's like, "Yeah, we need the we need to, the dark one is stirring. We need the we need the eye of the world. We're here for it." And uh, he's like, "Yeah, I guess I knew this day would come." <laughs> he says, "Basically, well, what else are you gonna say when you're just sitting there waiting? It's like uh, it's like the knight, the Templar knight in uh, in yeah. Indiana Jones yeah. and the, yeah. the Holy Grail." I used them as a as an example for something that I wrote recently the other day because I was like, I did I was doing a, a group project thing which is also like a prequel to uh, to Dead Man Walking and there's a bit at the end spoilers there's a bit at the end where like something happens and a lot of people just like disintegrate and melt basically and um, that was else. really scary when I saw yeah the first one the 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 arc. Uh, one the Raiders of the the, the Lost Ark that. that scared the crap out of me the first time I saw it. Yeah, there is that, that there there is spooky bits in it. All right, so like, yeah, so the one of the people in the group commented on it because they read the chapter and they were like, "Man, this is dull." It's like that was great when everyone just melted at the end. All those <laughs> terrible people melted. I was like, "Yeah, it's like just like the dude from the end of uh, Last Crusade." I think we, we're we're getting into, we're getting into an age, you and I, where there aren't a lot of people. I mean, the the people our age will get those references, mm -hmm. but I know more and more of my students. They say like they will not watch a movie produced before they were born. That's just ridiculous. You should fail all those people. I do oftentimes. But that's just like the. It's the most ridiculous way of looking at things that I've ever heard. <laughs> I can never be a teacher. I just argue with them all the time. I'd be like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> well, the other day I was subbing for one of my colleagues and they're supposed to do exams, oral exams. And we're in Google Hangouts and I'm writing like, okay, so only the people that are doing their presentations now come in, come into the Google Meet. And we'll talk because they were doing it in smaller groups and they have they have a schedule from because this is the last time that they were doing it this is the last occasion so they've had the schedule for like weeks and still there are kids asking oh when am i supposed to do it i just like and when the third person had said it it's just like okay everyone in this group who can actually read go into classroom and look at the schedule yeah I don't know. Sometimes you just lose your patience. Man, I don't. Yeah. And 
all you want to do when you're in school is fight trollocs and you got to teach these I children do. these things. Like um, they don't realize your desire to just to fight trollocs. Mm -hmm. or, or just or just bits of trees as landers <laughs> with tentacles. Yeah, it's it's kind of um, it reminds me in this bit of a bit like um, John Cleese's Lancelot in Monty Python. Yeah. Uh, Holy Grail, when he just anything is just he attacks. There's even that bit where the attack <laughs> when they attack the castle and he's just hitting the side of the castle with his sword. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what Lan would be like. Like he just he just storm the castle and just take it down stone. Well, it reminds me a little bit of of also of, of um in is is his name? I can't remember what his name is now. But from from David Gemmell's legend, the main character, Druss, is Druss. his name, yeah. which is like he, that's what all he wants to do. Like his kid and his wife dies, and he just like, well, where's the next battle? Because I intend to just yeah. die fighting. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what Lan is like. He wants to he wants to die. He wants to die in battle, doesn't he? That's what he wants to do. Uh, and that's the horrible part because I think in, in if you, anybody's ever out there's le read legend and this would be a little bit of spoilers but he's just like he doesn't he's just too good at fighting so mm -hmm. like like Lan Lan yeah. is Lan is like it's too it's too good at it's too good at killing people to to let someone kill him. Yeah. Well, so, where do we end up here then at the end? Well, that's it. That's it. So the the green man is just like I knew this time would come. Follow me. We'll go to the we'll go to the eye of the world. Brackets. It's like the, that's the end of that would be the end of that episode. You would think so, yeah. I mean, if it, if it was a TV show, that would be the end of that episode. Yeah, you'd think you'd think so. All right. Maybe. I know this. I knew this time would come, and then fade to black. Yeah. Follow me to the eye of the world. Brackets. The name of the book and yeah. show. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then that bit in Game of Thrones where Cersei Lannister's like, uh, uh, if you play the Game of Thrones, you win or die. And it's like, that was like, always oh, all the advertisements disappear. If it wasn't like this weird tree dude. Yeah. <laughs> Come with me, the eye of the world. That'll like, be, it'll be definitely in one of the trailers will be Moraine saying, we need to reach the eye of the world. That'll be, that'll be it. I mean, if... I, mean, I think it's funny because the he, the green man is described as being like making loyal look like a little kid. He does, yeah. But they never talk about like what they because loyal's so big, and much taller than they are. They never talk about how big the green man must be in proportion to them. Yeah, like like Lan and Rand and Perrin. And Matt, who is over six foot tall as well, let's not forget, he's like six, what, six or six one, so not small people, but like Rand is six foot six, and I think Rand is, and Lan is about the same height. So they're not small people. No. But Moraine is about, apparently about five foot tall or something, and she's playing there. So if, if Loyal, who is about seven and a bit foot, looks like a, a, a young boy next to a green man, what does Moraine look like? She looks like an ant. Yeah, she's like two foot, more than two foot shorter than Loyal. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I think we'll see what they do. If do you think the green man's going to be in the 
in the in the in the show. I guess he must be because it'd be kind of like the tree in in Game of Thrones. Yeah, or, or an ant. Yeah, I don't know. Marina probably looked like Baby Yoda compared do to. Think, do you think that there? I mean, we can we can end on this discussion here because do you think that there is going to be a risk that too many people are going since you know you and i see all these comparisons to 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 tolkien and to the arthurian legend and all these other things we do a lot of comparisons not because we're well read which we are but also because they're easily seen yeah do you think that that is going to be an issue kind of harkening back to our discussion of do we put in game of thrones characters or actors in in this in this show uh, and who should paul blackthorn play yeah uh well yeah paul blackthorn uh yeah we've not come across the character he can play yet that i have in my mind but he soon soon uh is it soon yeah pretty soon um well, I think there's two sides to this. I think one side of it is that people that are not all that familiar with fantasy, which, like, let's face it, that's why Game of Thrones was so popular because it, was, yeah. it brought in so many people that were not fans of fantasy who probably knew Lord of the Rings and have seen the films and liked them, and that was it. So with Amazon, they'll, they'll want to get a lot of non-fantasy fans into this, which is trickier because it's more overtly magical. So the Lord of the Rings influence may not be a bad thing with that because it's like, look, look, you like Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll like this. And also, that's why I think they will ramp up the political side of things, which comes naturally anyway. But the the politics, the violence, and the sex will be ramped up. So Lance and Nynaeve are going to do it in the show? Maybe not them, but there's there is other um, there is other opportunities in in the in the other books for for, for lots of that kind of stuff. I mean, there is a lot of cultures where in in Wheel of Time where nudity is a big part of their culture, mm. um, in sort of ceremonies that they do, even the Aes Sedai actually, um, which we see in the second book. There's lots of their kind of rituals and ceremonies involved, like bearing the people stripping them down to just their essence basically which obviously is a as a visual metaphor is to make them naked which happens but like there's other um cultures that come in where it's just like um even the shenarians actually they have steam baths and i mean this is in the start of the second book and uh they're all they're all um they're they're uh they're not they're not defined to men or women so they're all sharing them and like you know the two rivers people are scandalized by it because <laughs> they're very- yeah. but i mean if you look if you think about it in, in all those shows no matter what they I mean if it's rome or deadwood or i mean all these like epic shows that that we've seen from from channels like hbo or stars or showtime there's always yeah seen in the first episode there is, yeah, there is. Um, so, and, you know, that, that could be done. I mean, it could be done with switching to different um, different POVs, like if they're bringing Legane into it a little bit more, if they have flashbacks to when Moraine became an Aes Sedai, or, or there's ways they can do it. I just think it's that they'll want to do something like that so that there is comparisons to Game of Thrones 
surface level to get people like you liked Game of Thrones, you liked Lord of the Rings. Here's this thing, right? The other the other side of it as well is that um, the showrunner has said that they're looking to adapt the series as a whole and not just the Eye of the World. So yeah. the tone of the rest of the series is what they're looking to adapt, which is different to the Eye of the World. The Eye of the World is more Lord of the Rings like than all the other ones, and it is there's less. There's more kind of horror and there is violence and stuff, but it's very kind of the way that Jordan doesn't dwell on it. There's very little sex or anything like that or, or nudity in this book, but there is in the rest of them. Mm-hmm. So he, he said already that they're like, we're looking to get the feel and the look of the entire Wheel of Time book okay. into the first season. So that says to me is that they'll probably try to lessen that kind of... Um, surface level look of Lord of the Rings, which I think when you're reading it, it's more obvious because you can see the structure and you can see a lot of the kind of characters that are kind of very, very similar. I think looks-wise, it's different enough to the Lord of the Rings because there isn't as many fantasy-like creatures at the very, very start mm. in terms of like elves, dwarves, halflings and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's basically people and Trollocs, right? Um, and the other side of it as well is that Lord of the Rings is very fantasy, very high fantasy. It's like people living in forests and, and all this kind of stuff. And there's like one big city and then there's like this evil place. With with um, Wheel of Time, it's very much more pre-industrial revolution Europe kind of way of looking at things. There's loads of cities, there's loads of villages, there's... Um, Different cultures that are that are around quite a lot that mix with each other, which is I think why, is that why Winter Night they look like it's like uh, almost sixteen seventeen hundreds in the way yeah. they dress. Yeah, yeah, because that's that, that's one of the big things is like it's it's that like um, people wearing shirt sleeves and braces underneath like their uh, the the dress coats and all that kind of stuff. It's it's pre-industrial revolution. Like is is where he kind of placed it whereas like a lot of fantasy before this point unless it was very very high fantasy like Tolkien was like medieval yeah this was just a couple of centuries on from that point um so I think that will help distinguish um it from Lord of the Rings but I think well because in Game of Thrones is very medieval yeah yeah anything else um and that's what I that's why I enjoyed with Pratchett with his book series because that's very medieval very high fantasy in the beginning and then it kind of evolves into being like into the pre-industrial revolution yeah yeah and then they have like steam they end up having steam engines and and yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah. and stuff like that i mean there is there is that like i mean it becomes more that becomes more obvious in wheel of time as as you go on there there is bits like um ran this isn't like a, a spoiler or anything but ran befriends um this guy who is basically has a printing press as well like and there's uh, there's fireworks and there's like um, gunpowder and stuff like that. That's kind of like that starts to come into it and everything. So, yeah, there is um there is that kind of thing. And if if he's looking at it in terms of the showrunner Rafe Judkins is looking at it as terms of like right, we need to get the feel of the entire book series into this one season. Then they they won't have that many uh, larger events comparisons. Plus, as well, I think they are gonna they're gonna change the structure. I think. Like Tom Marilyn's character is going to be 
very different to like how when he gets introduced into the TV show is going to be different from the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if his entire arc is different actually in, in, in like how like uh, he di- he dies at Whitebridge and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I don't know, but I think it's a it's a tricky one to do because you don't want to do it to, and that's what Robert Jordan did when he was writing this book. It was like at the start when he first started writing it, it was nothing like Lord of the Rings at all. And then every time he was doing another draft, another draft, another draft, he was bringing it back closer to it because he was kind of like, we're going to go to some really weird places with this. Um, so I want to start you off somewhere familiar that you're used to mm. and ease you into it, ease the reader as we are doing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Uh, and I think that wraps it up for, for this uh, this uh, week. Um, the Christmas episode. Christmas episode, exactly. I uh, hope that uh, you find some time. Well, that, and nobody's going anywhere. So everybody mm-hmm. has time to sit and listen to this podcast more than once, even. Definitely more than once. Yeah. Several times. Exactly. You could start it up from episode one and just like. You could do. You could do that. Now we've nearly got the whole the whole thing back. So we'll be back um, the first week of January with with Matt Hatch, where we're gonna yeah. the, we're gonna finish the Wheel of Time. No, oh, sorry, we're gonna finish behind the world. We're just gonna skip right to the end of a memory. Yes. Of- <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do the four four final chapters of the entire saga. Yes, I think. I mean, I think this. I mean, now we're not completely at the end, but then since we're having Matt Matt Hatch at the end here, uh, I think this has been a very enjoyable reread. And that uh, even though we have a lot of Wheel of Time to to continue with, uh, I wouldn't mind doing uh, rereads of other books as well. Going down the road. Or fantasy series. Once we finish this, I was trying to, I was trying to like plan out when, when I think we would have if we're doing it at the current rate that we do, like five chapters more or less every two weeks. And I was like, I think we'll finish this in 2024. (laughs) But the caveat to that is that when we get to kind of like um, the middle books, so by middle books, I mean eight, nine, and ten. We can probably do more than five chapters at a time because that's what is called the, uh, as some fans call it, the slog. <laughs> so we can we can rattle through those ones. Okay. So, sounds good. Twenty twenty four. Twenty twenty three. Maybe twenty twenty three. We'll we'll see if we can get it done then uh, and see what see what's next. But the thing is as well, like well. We'll have to change our own structure because by then the TV, hopefully the TV show will have been out by then. <laughs> well, I'm thinking that every every two weeks we'll have like a, a two, at least two episodes to talk about. Yeah, 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 yeah. But who knows if the episodes will be out by then because it's supposed to have been out before everything happened. It would have been out now. We would be talking about we a TV show. Yeah. I, think, I think it was supposed to be. I'm getting all emotional. Um, <laughs> Um, it was supposed to be out like uh, Christmas 2020, 2020. So uh yeah, we'll have to see when it's gonna come back. But maybe we will. Um but yeah, that's that's the plan anyway at the moment. So uh we could probably do um the Belgariad next. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking something maybe about, oh, well, we could do that. There's something that you haven't read, maybe. Yeah, that would be good, yeah. Yeah, do something. I don't like know, that. have you read the um, the Dranai saga, the David Gemmel books? I have, yeah. yeah. Have you read the... Um, well, I know you've read Abercrombie, so that's not... Have you have you read the the Weiss Hickman stories? No, I have not. I, I, know, I know of them, but I, I, I've I have not read them. Don't judge them by the horrible, horrible movie that was made out of the first book with Kiefer Sutherland. I like to watch bad fantasy movies sometimes, though, because they just make me laugh so much. Mm-hmm. That's it. So um, I hope you have a, a very Merry Christmas, celebrating it on, on, on Christmas Eve like some kind of heathen that you are. Well, it's very... Well, actually, we seeing as how both my wife, my wife and I are, are of American origin, uh, my wife even has Irish origins. That's why the, her last name is Mary. Oh, no. From Omaha. Oh, you, don't want, you don't want any Irish influence. <laughs> we'll tell our 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 third <laughs> colleague about that, Mister Depower. Yeah, well, he's from he's from Dublin, so it's not really it's not really Irish. No. Uh, but yeah, no, we'll 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 celebrate both uh, the twenty fourth and the twenty fifth. Yeah, that's just it's too much Christmas. Yeah, but don't you celebrate? You no, know, you don't celebrate Boxing Day. No, we just we just do nothing on Boxing Day. We just watch football all day. That's that's pretty much what anyone does on Boxing Day. Get get drunk. Although, like you know, with um with a with a toddler, like you have to kind of pace yourself with, with the drinking over Christmas because you can't really do it during the day. <laughs> which is what which is what you we used to do. Before yeah, well, we do. Well, now we have older kids now, so we don't have toddlers. But we start Christmas morning, Christmas Day, by drinking mimosas, and then we take a nap. See, yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's just something that I can look forward to in about ten years' time. So maybe, hope, maybe less than ten years. Let's see. But uh, <laughs> like he's just, he just turned he just turned three there last last week, last yeah. Monday. So he's uh, he's very excited. He's very overwhelmed by all the presents that he's getting at the moment as well, because he, he, he um, obviously had his birthday last Monday. And then there's been like, because of COVID and, and quarantines and stuff, he's been getting like a drip feed of presents since then. And people have been uh, able to come around and drop presents off. So it's just like pretty much every day he's been getting a present from someone. Like, and he's just like... People coming around the house, people are just knocking on, and he's like, Have you got a present for me? They're like, uh, so today is the only, is the first day that I know for sure he's not gonna get a present off someone. Uh so yeah, so we might have two days and then it's present Mageddon again. Yeah. On Friday. Uh, but yeah, so that's it's different, it's different having like, you know yourself, like it's different. Christmas is different when you have children yeah it's, absolutely. It's, it's, it's better because like that period of time like when you're an adult and you don't have kids it is just basically just drink and eat yeah like, that's literally the idea which is which is great but, I, like, like, I like it yeah it's great but like you know just just seeing that kind of uh 
excitement from a child for a child like for Christmas is 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 great to kind of see. It's also like how I see my excitement from reading the Wheel of Time through your eyes. <laughs> well, I mean, um, what was I saying? Well, I think we'll be drinking and playing because we bought a Switch last year. Oh yeah, very good. So we're going to be. We bought uh, Super Smash Brothers for the kids, or actually for the family. Plus, we bought new controllers so we can be four. Very good. Um, so we're going to be drinking and playing <laughs> Super Smash Brothers. That's 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 good. Uh, that's good. Um, my my wife doesn't play video games, so it's just it's just me on the Xbox. My, my wife doesn't really either. She'll play Mario Kart, and she actually she's more of a play. She'll play like she plays Theme Hospital. And the Sims and stuff like that on the computer, so the the TV is usually free. She does enjoy me playing games, which is kind of like how we bonded when we first like started dating. Oh man, mine <laughs> <laughs> doesn't like that. She's usually but, like, but 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 with, with the caveat that she does. There's certain games that she doesn't enjoy, like like when I was playing Dishonored, she didn't think that was fun at all. She didn't oh, yeah. like Assassin's Creed, but she does enjoy when I play like Silent Hill and Resident Evil because hmm. she likes to be part of the problem solving. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Dishonored is very kind of fast paced. And... It actually ended. I was a little bit disappointed because it ended a lot quicker than I. She got Dishonored too because Dishonored two is even better. Mm -hmm. I love. And I think on that we shall end the show with a tip from. The green man himself buy Dishonored 2 for Christmas. And all the DLC. Death to the Outsider is the DLC for it, which is great. Um, don't buy Cyberpunk. Wait, wait. I've <laughs> understood that it was quite buggy. Yeah. Um, see, I, I've, I've, uh, I've, I've been kind of lucky with it. I, I have the, I got the Series X, the new Xbox. So I'm playing it on that. Which is basically the next gen version isn't out yet. You'll you'll get it a free upgrade for the PS5 and Series X versions. So with the next gen consoles, it's basically playing the bog standard console version, but with like a console that's 16 times more powerful mm. than that one. So it upscales it to 4K. It's got solid 60 frames per second, and like there's no glit. There's no there's nothing game breaking about it. There's some bugs in it and everything that everyone else is getting, but the the other console versions, which the ones that most people have, it's on. It's like unplayable for some people. Um, like my mate who listens to this podcast is having a major, <laughs> yeah, yeah, crashing and just all sorts of stuff. And just like he says, every time like a patch comes out, the game just like changes. Like how it, <laughs> so well, that's what I was telling a student who asked me. In class, should I buy a PS5? I said, wait, wait six months. Make sure that you get one that isn't full of glitches. Because I mean, that was true of the PS3 and the PS4. It was very glitchy in the beginning. It was better to get like a next generation that had less of it. The PS3s were, were crap. Now they're, they're um like as a, as a thing, like they were breaking all the time. But so were, so were some of the three the three sixties was a great console. That was like really. That used to that the red the red ring of death as they called it. Now these the, these new ones of um the consoles themselves have been great. Like I'm really enjoying the Series X. It's got some great uh, features in it. 
like uh, the quick resume and there's like there's no low times at all for any games anymore which is just like brilliant because uh especially with cyberpunk because um, apparently that's one of the other things my mate is saying is that like every time like it glitches and you have to restart the game or something it's like takes three minutes for it to load <laughs> so it's like uh which is just like why bother <laughs> so which is his point of view and he's just put his game up on eBay to sell because he's just like, I had enough of this. I, I saw that. I've already seen it in various Facebook groups where people are selling their side. Yeah. It's a shame because it is a good game. It's like, it's really, really good. Um, but it's most people that aren't playing it. Like, not a lot of people have the new consoles yet. And like, to have a PC powerful enough to play it without issues is extremely expensive so the majority of people are playing it on systems that where it's just broken which is uh nothing to do with the wheel of time but there you go it's like a bonus bonus gaming chat for you there at the bonus content. put that in your stocking yes open it on christmas morning as a little pre-gift yeah well we would like to from from us here at Easy in the Reader, we would like to wish everyone a Merry Christmas or ha Happy Hanukkah, if Kwanzaa, or a crazy Kwanzaa. Crazy Kwanzaa. Um, yeah. Kwanzaa does the Q, doesn't it? So it'll be a quintessential Kwanzaa. No, it's with a K. Is it a K? It is a K. So, so you're going about crazy with a K. That's the craziest type of crazy. I know. That's the craziest Kwanzaa you can have. Jeez. For David Green, my name is Chris Mary Alton, and we'll see you in the next year. Bye.